TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome in, everybody. This is TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Right now, there's no mic. There's not two guys. It's just one guy, a phone, and David Olson, my great great producer, getting it done here on uh, TalkZone.com. And today is a football Friday. And on a football Friday, we talk mostly football, of course. We talk a little bit of everything. Maybe a little politics, hopefully not. Maybe uh, some other stuff in the world of sports, but... Mostly nothing but football, and, and a lot of college football, too. And we also play Beat the Schmoes. Yes, that's right. Beat the Schmoes. You give us three picks against the spread. And if you can beat me, if you can beat Dave, if you can beat Brian Bauer, who should be in route, you have a chance to win yourself some money at the end of the year. And, and, and folks, I do have some pretty good games this year. We've been all right uh, against uh, the spread this year. And Coach, by the way, has been red hot. He's had two consecutive 3-0 weekends, so uh, you might want to be listening to what he's saying. Normally, you don't want to, but all of a sudden, the guy, every single pick that he has has been right, and that doesn't happen very often. And let me point so, out uh, that the uh, coach is on the line with us to start the show. Oh, okay. Heck yeah. Well, so, uh, <laughs> Coach, how you doing today, buddy? Oh, hey, how are you, big dog? Nobody in the studio, both of us via the phone, and uh, hopefully Brian Bauer will be hosting this show before it's over, but... Uh, yeah, I had to check in uh, via the phone. Like you said, uh, two three and O's in a row. I got to go for a third on beat the schmoes. I got to tell you, though, looking at the games this week, you know, like I told you last week, sometimes that uh, the hunch is the feeling is there when I looked at them. Not a mm-hmm. single NFL game really jumped out at me like it's a good bet. Like last week, I thought there were five or six. So I'm not very confident this week. It's funny that you said that uh, there's not a single NFL game because. Normally, I don't do any NFL games, but there's one to me that is so blatantly wrong that I'm actually going to have an NFL game in my out of my three, which doesn't happen. Uh-huh. It happens about maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. So, I even went to the, uh, you know, after the NFL, I went, went to the college games, so well, maybe I have something I like in the college. And nothing stuck out of me. You know, some weeks you feel it, and some weeks you don't. So this week I'm, uh, I'm pressing. What's, what's the NFL game that, uh, what's the one game that you like? The Chargers? are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at the Houston Texans. You're going to take the Chargers? I'm taking the Houston Texans, Coach. How are the how are the Chargers favored on the road against any team, especially a good team like the Houston Texans? Houston Texans are a good team. They've slipped up a little bit of late, but, uh, you know, one of my rules, I think I explained it yesterday or the day before, I stay away from the San Diego Chargers when it comes to betting or beat the Schmoes. That that team will mess you up. Plus, this let me point out that absolutely crazy bad. So, Houston's got a really bad pass defense. This is true. I, th- I, I think that's where the two and a half comes in. Yeah, we'll see. And the game is where it's at Houston. It's at Houston. That's. I just don't understand why the Houston's an underdog at home. I, I just don't get it. 
Not a bad bet. There's still that image of San Diego, I think, that, that, that it's more reputation and more potential maybe than anything else. I think they get some points in the points for the mm-hmm. whole Phillip Rivers 300 yards per game thing. But uh, they keep losing. Whenever you bet on them, they'll, they'll be guaranteed to lose. And that line has increased, by the way. Uh, San Diego is favored by three as of this morning. Wow. Wow, that's nice to know. I, I don't get it why it's moving up. So that usually means everybody's betting on San Diego right now. So some things I, I can't understand. I, I'm going to take my chance with that particular game. Interesting. Let me get because i got to run uh, fairly soon here. I can stick on for a little bit. Hopefully Brian will be here. But uh, uh, Brian is getting settled uh, in the studio as we speak. Beautiful. Let me get my picks in real quick. I'm picking the Lions over the Jets, big dog. And, again, I'm, I'm not really confident in any of these three games, but I'll – I'll go with the Lions at home, getting four. The Raiders and the Chiefs, can they hit Magic three weeks in a row? Again, not super confident, but I'm going to bet yes. Raiders at home, uh, giving up two and a half. I'll take them over Casey. And I like the New York Giants on the road, uh, giving up six and a half against the Seahawks. I think the Giants will put a pasting on the Seahawks. But, again, I make all three of those bets with limited limited confidence. But I know, Joe, you'll give us some uh, some picks later on the collegiate level that you're much more confident in. Well, I'll be a little bit confident in them. The way I've been picking football games lately, Coach, I just <laughs> want to remind everybody, do not bet on my games if you're gonna, if, with real money for some reason. I don't know what has happened to me. Hey, guys. Nothing. This is Brian Bauer. How you doing? Oh, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> it's like if you look at our Facebook page, every time Brian comes out, we, we advertise Brian Bauer in the house today, and then in parentheses, Who's Brian Bell? I, I often feel the same way. I think my wife asked me that same question this morning. I woke up and said, "Honey, Brian Bauer in the house." She goes, "Who? What? You're still here?" Everybody, everybody gets excited, even when I type it in. I get excited. Brian Bauer in the house, and I'm like, "Oh, who the hell is Brian Bauer?" You know, that might be the name of today's show. Who the hell is Brian Bauer? I mean, we should be. Actually, you know what, guys? You know, I was thinking about it. Joel talked about his pick. I, I think I picked once this year for you guys. I'm not even yeah. sure. Early in the season, I think I went two and one. Yep. I think if anybody's gambling, take mine and Joel's and go Apple, and you should be very rich by the time the week is done. Yeah, I, I'm 14-12 I'm, I'm somehow, Brian, and I, I don't know how, because it seems like every week I go 0-3. And yet I still have about 500, <laughs> so I don't know how I'm doing it. So. so apparently you built up some wealth and equity early in the season. Yeah, and I, I splattered <laughs> it all over uh, humble, the beautiful Humboldt Park is the best way for me to put it, Coach. I can't, <laughs> I can't show my you, face around the, the Chicago area anymore. We need Brian to come in with some bravado with the beat the schmoes because uh, me and Joel with our a couple of wet, wet rags today, very weak. So uh, double B, we I don't want to put pressure on you. You just came in the studio, rare co-host, but uh, you're the man today on beat the schmoes. We need you to come through. Don't worry about it. My thought is I don't care. So I'm just going to throw out three games that I think can happen, and we'll see. I mean, honestly, I feel confident. I feel confident in my inability to pick. <laughs> I will say this: I'm not gonna... not that I gamble illegally because that's not right but i have put a couple of shekels down this year and i will say that i've done quite well personally so if i keep that that streak going i should be okay well, so you've got some shekels at the uh, family home huh? shekels and shillings but no dollars very nice wasn't there a comedian shekel green a shecky green yeah i think so oh, yeah there you go. Well, <laughs> shekel shecky by the way, uh, speaking of beat the schmoes, we got to throw some kudos out. I, I had him down for two, oh, two and one 
But uh, emailer Jerry from California, avid listener to the program in ex-Chicago, and was 3-0 and last week on Beat the Schmoe. So we had our first, uh, ah, we got to congratulate Jerry from California, long-time, long-time guy. Congratulations, Jerry. Congratulations, Jerry. He shekels himself. <laughs> Congratulations on being a long-time, long-time guy. I mean, because not all men can do that. No. That, that's, there you go, congratulations in itself. <laughs> All right, man, I got my schmoes picks in. I want you guys to have a uh, great show. Remember, the whole world is listening. And uh, have a good weekend. Uh, God willing, I'll be back with you on Monday, okay? Be safe, coach. coach. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the coach, John Cohn. I am Brian Bauer. I am late. <laughs> on the phone is Joel Raywansky. Joel, how are you, buddy? You know, I, I'm doing pretty well, and I have to admit, when like when my friends, my boys say, hey, I'm late, you know, I don't mind when they tell me that, you know, but when a girlfriend says that to me, yeah, it's a little different. It's a little quivering right there. Yeah, no doubt. You, what do you mean you're late? <laughs> it's going to be like an hour late to, the, to dinner. Oh, that's no problem. That's don't right. Take the time. Take the time. You're okay, honey. You're okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> How you doing, Joel? We haven't talked in what? I want to say it's now, I know online we've sent a couple of messages back and forth, but it's got to be at least, what, six months? At least that long. I think the last time we talked, you called me. I was on the train, and it happened to be about a uh, uh, the, the fighting deal. Yes. Which, I, I don't know how how that's going for you. If you even want to talk about that, but if you do, I would I would I would love to talk about it on there if, if that's moving forward. Uh, it is, and I guess we could, we could kind of develop the initial backstory on this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, first of all, again, my name is Brian Bauer. You don't hear me on this show often. I used to be a co-host with. Joel and Coach, back when they were on another station and another show, uh, I, I got into, so I think partially because of you. You started talking MMA before I really started watching it. And then huh. a couple of guys I had really respected in the fight game had, had kind of switched over a size, gone MMA. You know, because I think the problem is when people think mixed martial arts, they think ultimate fighting from like 1990, 1994. Like, like Coach. Yes. So, you know, like coach thinks they like take two by fours out and hit people with chairs and stuff. You know, I, it, yeah, he's he's really archaic when it comes to that. Well, I I would pay to watch that as well. But well, either, either way, so and but it used to be a lot of like either you know take two guys who can't fight at all, just swing wildly, put them in a cage together, and let them beat each other's brains out. Or it used to be get these Gracies or Gracie descendants from Brazil, and it was just a bunch of guys hugging and kissing on the floor. Nothing really happened, and the game would be over. And then all of a sudden, that guy's arm would be bent in half. Right, exactly. So, you know, and that's how I initially saw UFC. And kind of after you talked about it, and after a couple of my buddies who'd really gotten into it talked to about talked about it, uh, I think on Spike Network they started coming out with the Ultimate Fighter, which is basically a show where they take twelve willing participants. I think I, uh-huh. I, I might be wrong on the numbers, but and they basically put them in a in a house and they they fight each other out until one guy wins a chance to get a contract with the UFC. So I watched a couple episodes of that and really got hooked. I mean, there's a couple fighters out there that I, I just, if they're on, I'm paying for the pay-per-view kind of thing. Uh, so got into it big time. And then started thinking about it. I, as people might not know, I also used to work for a company called the Chicago Storm, which is a professional indoor soccer team. I've done everything from, like, PR all the way up to vice president of sales with the company. So I have a sports background, and I have this kind of, uh, I, I don't know, Barnum and Bailey like to put on a show kind of thing. Yes, yes, you do. So, so. I started taking the two and started working them together because of my love for the fight game. And locally, I don't know if you've seen this, and I know you have, Joel, but local bars and restaurants and, and clubs are throwing fight nights. 
where basically people come out and they, they have like a small pr- promoter who comes out and puts on like a little bit of a fight and it's usually done pretty cheaply, usually fills up the place pretty well. Um, no couple places who have, play, you know, people who have places out in uh, Melrose Park that basically they, they were pulling up to like 1,500 people wow. for like a, what's considered basically a minor league fight. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. two guys who are definitely not pros by any means. Uh, so basically I am in the process of putting together a league. Uh, we have a couple of, uh, they're basically partners, uh, financial partners with me. Uh, we, it's going to be a touring league. Uh, it's not going to be one that just plays in one location over and over and over again. Uh, and then basically what it does, is it, the big plan is to build it up as far as it's going to start as an Illinois league and then move out to surrounding states. Because basically what happens is when I see MMA, it's really condensed in Las Vegas and it's really condensed, and that's with UFC. It's really condensed in California with Strike Force, but everything else is just kind of mom and pop run leagues. Uh-huh. And and I look at it as a different perspective. So, um, basically, if anybody's interested in that or would like more information about that, go to Brian B R I A N E Bauer B A U E R at sbcglobal.net. So, and I know you're going to be heavily involved with it too. I've got a bunch of friends in the fight game locally. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're working on. It's just going to take a long time to put it all together to do it right. You know, uh, I've been to some of these like so-called minor league events. Some of them are absolutely spectacular. I mean, legitimately, just some great, great fights. But one day, some guy who's you know he was fighting uh, his second career fight. He was one and zero. The other guy didn't show up, and I'm not kidding you. They <laughs> asked anybody in the crowd willing to fight this guy. And, and that, some guy who had been drinking in the group that I was with was like, I'll do it, I'll do it. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You're going to get killed. I was like, don't get in there. So every, a couple other people were like, do it, do it. His girlfriend was like, oh, that'd be hot. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. This guy gets into the ring, Brian, yeah. and knocked the guy out in about 15 seconds. Yeah, just I, and no, that's, no, 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 no. My buddy knocked out the fighter in get like out of 15 here. seconds. Swear to you, he hit this dude in his temple. I like the guy came out swung all big. Right. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to beat some chump up in the crowd." Sure. Okay, and missed. And next thing you know, he got hit in the temple, got mounted, and got beat, knocked completely out. And that's knocked completely out. And and that's a lot of it. Like when I've seen these local events, and I love these things. I mean, I, I eat it up. There's a place out by me called Venuti's. Uh, it's a restaurant out in Addison. There's a place in Melrose Park that puts them on every like couple of months, and they're just like local. Come in, watch two guys beat the living garbage out of each other. But it's not like a league. It's not like they scouted these guys. It's not like they they went and tried to find the best fighters in the local area. They just basically found a bunch of guys who were willing to come out for like a hundred, two hundred bucks a fight, mm-hmm. and, exactly, and pound the living garbage out of each other. Whereas you know, I'm looking at this from a much different perspective. I want to put on the best fights possible, and then go from there. Uh, so yeah, it's in the works. It, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff as far as name and stuff. I don't want to talk about because we're still trying to get you know copyrights on that and logos and all this other nonsense but it is definitely in the works and as it goes on you know we'll definitely go farther with it and joe i'd love to get together and watch one of those local fights with you oh next time uh i have uh i wouldn't say a friend but uh boss of one of my best friends actually puts those on so and maybe you can meet this guy talk to him and actually get some insight but i will tell you this i wouldn't i don't consider this guy a friend he's he's a bastard I don't like the guy at all. Happy thoughts, everybody, on a lovely Friday morning here on the Talk Zone. Now, again, I'm still getting used to this. Uh, Different chair. You know, usually I come in late and don't talk at all. I just wait for Coach to kind of give me my spot. Uh, I'm so used to the old studio, so things are a little bit different here. You and I haven't talked for a while, and I know it is a football Friday. 
So basically, I, I want to kind of, before we go full out football, kind of get your thoughts on a bunch of things that have gone on the last couple of weeks since I haven't talked to you. Okay. Okay. Right, let's start First off. First of all, before you get into it, go ahead. It's, it's a little bit nicer. The Talk Zone studio is, okay, a little bit nicer than the old studios we had to be in. That, the old studio smelled so bad. I can't, it smelled like, uh, like rotten borscht. <laughs> well, it's because of the, I'm not going to say, how do I put it? It was an international radio station. Yes, it was. That had many different nationalities all broadcasting out of the same studio that had 1970s equipment. So 1970s, really? Was that updated? That was the upgrade. Uh, okay. I, I'm still kind of convinced that the foam that they had on the wall was asbestos. I'm not 100% sure. Um, <laughs> I, I, there was a lot of times where I thought if they'd have just taken egg cartons and stapled them to the wall all over the place, we'd have gotten a better sound quality out of what we had. Yes, yes. I, I give a lot of credit to the poor producers because I was one of them over there for a while. <laughs> That's a tough job with a weird clientele base. But, you know, it, it, it is a lot better being here. The, the weird thing is the whole having to shave and shower before you show up because they got cameras on you over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different. And there's no bad smell, well, which is nice. Well, if you want to stick around till lunchtime, uh, every Friday, the Korean accountants down the hallway bring in the worst smelling uh, Asian food I have ever smelled, and it stinks up the whole floor. So. Now, I've dated a couple Korean girls, and I'm going to tell you this straight up right now. Don't ever ask what you're eating, because most of the time it tastes good, but you do not want to know. You just do not want to know. Right, but, and I'm I'm not trying to be rude or anything sure. about that. It's true though. Yeah, but I, I to be honest, the smell over there was something special because of just the. And I think it's also the time of day. I mean, we, you have guys who had that 4 a.m. show. Those were not shower people. Like they would come no. in 4 or 5 a.m. and and hey, listen, as a producer, I used to produce the Sunday mornings, which was basically we I'd start the station up at 5 a.m. Literally, you know, put on the hi, you're listening to and the national anthem. <laughs> and then then basically I had an hour of music fill that I did myself before the first show started. But I was literally coming in from a night of out, if you know what I'm saying. Like I, I would come straight in from, you know, party with my boys till 5 a.m. They'd go to breakfast. I'd go straight to work for another six hours. So literally smells were not good any place in that station. So I, I, I remember when I did the Sunday shows where there'd be the spit tunes inside the, inside the actual studios. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I don't. I mean, like, and I'd be in the same condition as you. It's have to be two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I had a Sunday. I had a Sometimes reporter who had a show on Sunday morning there, but he was one of these guys who, you know, you're not allowed to smoke anywhere, especially not in a building nowadays, especially not a radio station. But you know, you'd be on the other side of the building, all of a sudden you'd be like, what? "What's that smell?" And you turn the corner, and there's this guy who's like 65 years old who just doesn't give a damn. Who's got the cigarette lit, but he's cupping it so you can't see it. But smokes everywhere in the room, and you're just waiting for the fire alarm to go off. So it, it was it was an interesting experience, and I loved it. You know, it was just something new and different all the time. So, but anyway, before we go on, Joe, uh, you know, yeah. before we go football Fridays on everybody, yeah, yeah, I, you know, you and I haven't talked. I wanted to talk a little bit about your thoughts. I'm just gonna throw it out there. You give me your thoughts on the subject. How's that? That sounds like an excellent idea. I think I can do that. All right, Randy Moss goes from New England to Minnesota to Tennessee. Well, you, you know what? I did a, a YouTube video, and it was released yesterday on the subject. You did? And, 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 and you know what? I, Randy Moss is a front runner, is the best way to put it. But I'm going to tell you, I know I'm old school, and I typically don't like players like Randy Moss. But there's something so consistently rotten about the guy 
that for some reason he he has found a place in my heart, and I, and I kind of like him. For I, I, and he's the only athlete like that for some reason that I like because you know, he doesn't try every single play. He plays when he wants to play. He says what he wants to say, you know. But uh, you know when he does all that. I kind of laugh because he says some of the most outlandish, crazy stuff that I, I've just turned to the point that I'm not going to care. I'm not going to get upset because some jerk makes, uh, you know, $7 million a year to play football. But when he ripped the caterers, that was wrong. I know chicken. This ain't real chicken. I mean, come on, Randy. Come on. He's from the South. He does know chicken. I've been to the South. You know, you can't give bad chicken to a guy from the South. Yeah, this is, I wouldn't <laughs> feed this to my blankety blank dog. I mean, that's, that's, uh, so well, you, you, to me, as a guy who played football but played it kind of in a grunt position, I played tight end, linebacker, defensive end. I, I can't believe you know the wide receivers now, especially in the NFL. Th- there's this whole I'm going to dictate everything from my position, even though I don't get hit, even though I really have some effect on the game, but not that much on a regular play-by-play basis. You know, it, it just and these guys, the the premier receivers, they don't block. Randy Moss isn't in there throwing a block. Are you kidding me? Very, very rarely will you see him get a block. You, you know, but you're right about receivers. Like Terrell Owens, Chad Ochoa, why didn't I get the ball? If I'd have got the ball more, we would have won. A bunch of receivers are, are like that on the NFL. Randy Moss gets other distractions for other weird stuff. Like, you know, he isn't complaining that he didn't get the ball enough. He's complaining about chicken, okay? He's complaining that the, the hints that he gave Brad Childress weren't used, you know, like we, like weird stuff. Not like, oh, I, I need to get the ball. So it's 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 a, he, he's off on another planet. To be quite honest with you, I don't know if he's human because first of all, six foot five guys should not be able to run a four two forty. Okay, that first of all is not a that's not a human. And then the stuff that he says, like he looks like the predator. What? The Predator, you know the the movie, the Predator. Yeah, That's what Randy Moss looks like to me. That's like when he has his hair in uh, in uh, cornrows. Right. Yeah, I always think of him as the as the the Predator. No, I I see it. I mean, to me, I always thought Lawrence Maroney was more a Predator type, but that, that's just me. I because he's more of a beast to begin with. That guy would just plow a man over just because he likes it. Well, Lawrence Maroney did uh, single-handedly beat Michigan one year, so that's probably why. We'll get to a football Friday later because Michigan is playing my team, and I, I have some bad words for you. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure you did. I, I kind of had this thing coming, so I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, World Series talk. Yeah, we'll just get your thoughts on the whole World Series. Texas loses to San Francisco. San Francisco first time as a as a floor, or sorry California product wins the World Series. You know, like every once in a while, you'll see this happen in football, where a great team on one side of the ball and on the other side of the ball is willing to do enough to make plays. You know, will win the Super Bowl. In baseball, you don't see it happen very often. I mean, really, I've heard everybody say, "Well, you, you it proves what great pitching can do." Yeah, all those teams with great pitching also had a really good offense. The Giants don't have a really good offense. All the Giants had all year was the ability to, like, oh, if it was a tie game, they'd figure out a guy would get hit by a pitch, then he'd steal second, they'd bunt him to third, and then there'd be a sacrifice fly. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That actually is pretty good offense. But this is the worst offense that I could ever remember in my lifetime winning the World Series. And it really does go to show if you pitch well and if you catch the ball well, you have a chance to win the World Series. And and, uh, you know, I'm not a, a giant fan or anything, but, you know, watching that team, all those with the rejects row or whatever the heck they call them, 
I think this is one of the better stories of uh, World Series champions that we've had in a long time. The only problem was uh, us 147 people that watched the World Series know about it, and nobody else does. Uh, I won't lie. I didn't watch it. I, I didn't watch one single play. I didn't see one serious? pitch. i I, I got to be honest with you. I When the Cubs were out of it in, what, August? The I, Cubs were out of it April 7th. Probably. But, I mean, mathematically, they were eliminated about September 10th. All right. but, uh, anybody that was a baseball fan, I knew they couldn't play this year. Then I gave them a week, and I was like, yep, they're as bad as I thought they were. No, I won't lie. I'm not a huge baseball guy. Baseball's always been on my back sports. You know, football's always been prevalent. It's been number one. I'm a big hockey guy. And then comes baseball, and then comes, you know, basketball. Actually, probably soccer precedes basketball as far as my thoughts go, because I, I honestly, that's a sport. I like, I like sports that have defense, and I can't stand when people just run up the court and shoot. I know that a lot of basketball purists will have problems with me regarding that, but honestly, you know, to me, a basketball game doesn't count until the last three minutes anyway, so it's a waste of time for me to watch the whole thing through. So uh, I can see where you're going. See, I felt bad because I couldn't watch every pitch of the World Series because I had uh... – I had there was so much going on. I was you know I'm standing out at my at the studios out in beautiful Humboldt Park and there's no television here you know so uh, you know I'd end up you know it'd be like midnight we get done working and you know how work is when you're shooting stuff most of ninety percent of the time you can do whatever you want five percent of the time you actually have to work so I, I couldn't watch I couldn't watch World Series it was driving me crazy. Now for people who've just turned in what what exactly are you doing in Humboldt Park? It's beautiful Humboldt Park. No, Brian. I've been to Humboldt Park. You can call it anything you want. <laughs> beautiful is not one of the words I use to actually express Humboldt Park in Chicago. Well, did you ever hear a guy, oh, this is my beautiful wife, and then right when you hear that, you know, she's butt ugly. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that, that's, that's my joke about it. Yeah, this is It's beautiful Humboldt Park. But uh, you, if you go to YouTube and you go to ShytownMix.com, you get, you got to watch these videos of uh, me lambasting people in the world of sports. I, I actually am watching, I'm looking at a couple of them. I see you at the Chicago Air and Water Show. Oh, so you went to the, you looked me up Joel Redwanski on YouTube, right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so that's why you went to my channel. If you go to Chi-Town Mix, yeah. there, I've got about 40 videos on there. By the way, very nice that you dressed up for the Air and Water Show. Oh, you like that? <laughs> you should watch the one where there's there's an African-American gentleman with his son. Yeah, I, I, is that the Joel Rodwanski interview with Lavelle and DeCune? DeQuan? DeQuan? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I asked him, hey, what's, your, what's been your favorite part of the Aaron Waters show? And this is what he said to me. The bird. I mean, this guy was so high. It was unbelievable. I mean, like, like LeBlanc was coming off of me. I, 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 it was, it was bad. I asked him some questions. It was, just, it was too much. Man. Nice. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight is the number if you want to call in. Remember, it is Beat the Schmoes Friday. Feel free to call in with your picks. It's three picks, any game against the spreads in front of me. I've got the Sun Times, so I'm going by their spreads this week. Yeah, that's that's what I normally did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, so got that. By the way, speaking of clothes, Tim Lincecum, did you see the suit that he showed up to the World Series at the end with? Was it a zoot suit? I, I didn't oh, see it. Genius. I mean, it's just genius. Because first of all, the guy. How do I put this? When Proposition 19 was shot down in California, the proposition to make marijuana legal, I think he cried openly. I think I think he wept to the point of just, you know, just broke down in tears, more so than when he actually won the World Series. But he shows up in a black suit. It, it looks a little tight. I mean, it looks kind of like uh, if you picture the Blues Brothers. They're black okay. suits with black ties, except take out the black tie and put a bow tie on it, and then you've got his straight long hair. 
So he had like a, a bad tuxedo on. That was horrible, but it was fantastic. It was one of those, you, you want to talk train wrecks that you can't stop watching? Uh-huh. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I love Lincecum, by the way. He might be my favorite player in all of baseball. And uh, that whole proposition, proposition 19, Yeah. let me just clear this, and this is what he said on ESPN. And trust me, Disney everywhere was cringing. Hey, they're like, hey, what do you think's going on in San Francisco right now? He's like, well, uh, I'm pretty sure that the bear is flowing, and I know they're smoking the air. Yep. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? They were like, they, they changed directions real quick. Well, they have to. It's Disney. They got a corporate deal. I work for that company. I know exactly what their rules are. <laughs> yeah, and basically, you can't do anything wrong. Right, Seriously. exactly. All right, so flip through that. Let's get to basketball real quick, then hockey, and then we'll finish off the rest of the day with football. What are your thoughts on the Bulls thus far? Last night, they lose one to the Knicks, who apparently can only shoot three-pointers and shoot them effectively. Uh, I'm, I'm liking the Bulls, and this is one thing, you know, a lot of time when, when the coach, John Cohen, says some stuff sports-wise, I just shake my head. I'm like, what the heck is this guy thinking? True that. But he's right about this one. I, I was not able to watch the game last night. I was actually reffing flag football in 33-degree weather that was raining. Folks, that's not fun. Oh, no. But uh, when Derrick Rose tries to take over the game, they're not good. I mean, what I mean by take over is when he shoots too much. I mean, when he penetrates and dishes, they're unbeatable. They are unbeatable. And the Bulls need to do that more. I, I want to see more effective, all five guys being a scoring threat instead of Derrick Rose being a scoring threat. And i got to tell you something. He, he might be the best point guard in the game this year. By the end of the year, he could be the best point guard in the NBA, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if he is. And, and this John Wall kid, by the way, the the rookie out of Kentucky that's playing for the Bullets, you know, he might end up, you know, uh, like, we, I just assumed Jaron Williams and Chris Paul were going to battle out who's the best point guard in the NBA for a while. Those two might be three and four by the time this season's done. What year are you in that they're still the Bullets? <laughs> Haven't they been the Wizards for, like, Ten years. <laughs> at least ten. At least ten. Maybe fifteen, actually. <laughs> the weird thing about last night's game, and, and again, I turned it on late because that's how I feel basketball should be watched. But I, they were already down big. Uh, and the ironic thing or the strange thing that I found is Thibodeau turns around and pulls the starters, puts the backups in, and they cut the lead down to nine. And the backups are playing extremely well. And I, I mocked coach for Brian Scalabrini because I, I think the guy's just a big red-headed pud. What are you talking about? The Bulls have the big three. They got Boozer, Rose, and Scalabrini. What is wrong with you? <laughs> According to Coach, that is the big three. Yeah, it is. I mean, Scalabrini is a superstar in the making. Uh, he's something. You know, if you're looking for big white stiffs without talent, but give you a lot of heart, that's your guy right there. <laughs> Looks Irish. Looks Irish. Italian name. I don't know what he plays like. No athletic ability whatsoever. But either way, they actually cut the lead down, played well. The starters didn't get back in at the end of the game. They played long minutes, so I think Thibodeau was really pulling them out because they had the Celtics coming up this week. So, But, you know, very strange when you talk to the players afterwards, the interviews. I expected a lot of, oh, we should have been in there at the end of the game, you know, stuff that you would have seen under the previous regime. Now, everybody under Thibodeau just loves him. Uh, you know, yesterday you hear a guy like Joe Kim Noah, who was out the last ten, five minutes of the game, three minutes of the game, I can't even remember, saying, you know what, the, you know, our backups outplayed us, coach had it right, you know, they should have been in there. Everybody in line with Thibodeau, completely different than the old days with the old coaching system. Oh, yeah, with Vinny Del Negro, oh, there would be no comments. You know, you know what I want to tell you about Joe Kim Noah, he might have had the knack and weed, uh, uh, what do you call it, incident. 
and and he may look a little goofy and all that other stuff. I got to tell you something. I will take him on my team any day. The guy is a winner, and he's only going to do things that make his team stronger. And he's not going to, you know, bitch and moan about uh, you know not enough playing time or I don't know why I didn't get my run in. He, he openly said, "Hey, I did, we weren't playing well enough. We didn't deserve to be on the court. The backups did." I I love that kid. I love that kid, Brian. Seriously. Well, I like the way the makeup of this team is right now, just in general, because I, there's nobody I can't stand. I mean, there have been years in the past where you look at guys like Jalen Rose, you'll get other guys on that team, and you're like Eddie Curry, a guy who had an unbelievable body, refused to do anything with it. You, know, you look at some of those guys, and the only one that's still kind of that albatross is you looking at Luol Deng. Now, he's the only guy who really just sitting there with a giant contract and he doesn't really perform up to the level. The rest of them, I mean, I love Joe Kim Noah. I love a guy who hustles nonstop. You know, you know, look at Derrick Rose. Uh, you know, it's what you want in a point guard. And you're right, he might be one of the top ones. I don't know if I'll put him number one at the end of the year. There's a lot of young guys who play that position yeah. extremely well. I didn't even mention Russell Westbrook of Oklahoma City. Did you there's men- some really good point guards in the NBA right now. Did you mention Paul? I mentioned Chris Paul and yeah, Darren okay. Williams. Okay, I want to make sure. Wall. And by the yeah. way, Darren Williams, you're an Illinois guy. Anybody see this coming out of Illinois? Like, we all thought he was good. I did no, not no. expect him to play as well as he does. Now, you know I will tell you what Illinois is bad and yeah. when they're good and all that stuff. Don't forget, I remember saying this on air this that year. I was like, Coach, they're going to win the national championship. And, and I, I said, I don't, <laughs> I don't see anybody on their schedule that can beat them. Right. And it was because of Darren Williams. I, you know, that was back in the day where, uh, you know, all I did was do the show, uh, did a, you know, a couple odd jobs, and and I watched Illinois basketball. It, I, I knew it. I knew he was going to be a great pro player. That that one I, I had right. I also I also thought James Augustine was going to make it in the NBA too. So I was wrong about that. It, like, he was a hell of an athlete. He just never so, got a shot. So, so basically, out of those three picks, you were thirty three percent. They didn't win the national championship, even though they went. Augustine was not a pro player, but Darren Williams was. Well, uh, I, I will tell you this: that game. I don't, I don't want to sit here and you know cry, but every, that was ridiculous. Every Sean May was knocking over James Augustine. They were calling fouls on Augustine, and that that's what they they lost that game by five points. And uh, James Augustine got to play nine of the forty minutes, and he was. And everybody thinks Luther Head, who was an All American, and D Brown. James Augustine was their second best player on that team, so that was huge, huge, huge. But yeah, well, the, yeah, I did see it coming. I did. I really did. All right, 888-463-6748 is the number. Remember, it's Beat the Schmoes Friday, 888-463-6748. And since we're talking Illinois, let's get this over with. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. It's Illinois versus Michigan. For those who don't know, I'm a huge Michigan fan. I've enjoyed it in the past, but the last four years have just been a swift kick to the lower regions. You are an Illinois fan who, quite frankly, I've watched your team this year. I'm impressed. I, I hate to say this. I thought Ron Zook couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. He still probably can't, but he brought in some coordinators that can. Yes, and, and as I, I've said it on the show a million times. The simple matter of the fact is this. On defense, they tackle. That might sound stupid, but that's, they are finally tackling on defense. I think it's more than that. I, I watch that offense as well, and there's just a certain, how do I put this? seems to be a confidence. I mean, Shieldhouse is what, a, a redshirt freshman? He's a redshirt freshman. He has, he'll have three more years of eligibility, and he's not about to go to the NFL anytime soon. No, so he doesn't even have, the, have yeah. a leader and a playmaker at, at uh, quarterback for the next uh, three years after this. So The one thing he has that Juice didn't have is he has the right smarts. Like He, he has that football mentality of knowing when to take off with the ball mm-hmm. and when to, when to sit back in the pocket and throw it. Where I always felt with Juice, he had it backwards. 
Like he ran when he shouldn't have, and he stayed in the pocket when he shouldn't have. You know, it was one of those things where he just didn't seem to make the right decision. You know, Shieldhouse, here's a kid who I saw him early in the season. I saw him the first couple of games, and I thought, ah, geez. You know, they went out and got another runner. You know, great. You you know, we're running basically like options and spread. You know, this guy can't throw. Then I watched him this last week, and fantastic. I mean, the kid just made all the right decisions. Now, they threw a touchdown late in the game that probably shouldn't have been done. It, it seemed a little cheesy to me when you were up by as much as they did. But either way, I think he was proving to everybody, hey, I am a quarterback. I am here to be in this league. And I think they're going to make a bowl game easy this year. Oh, they're definitely making a bowl game. And uh, you know, Nathan Sheehoff does need to improve his, improve his passing game. So would other teams do that, you know, it might be, you might think, why are they doing that? But uh, to be honest with you, Illinois really needs to work on their passing game. So I, like, in a sense, I think Purdue is going to be too insulted when Illinois is still out there working. And, and, and I always say this, don't complain about somebody running up the score on you. Go tackle somebody. I'm for that to a point. Uh, you know, not to berate these guys by any means, but, you know, Zook's still got to walk up to that opposing head coach and shake his hand and look him in the eye and say, yeah, yeah we were up big and I called a pass play. Or, well, or my, you know, he's got to at one point just say, hey, guys, let's just run this out. You know, run the ball, you know, I, milk the clock, and get it done with. I, I only agree with you is if the touchdown's going to put the team into the 60-point range. Don't forget, that only made it 37, okay? I know it was 30 nothing at the time when it happened, but right. it only made it 37 nothing. <laughs> yeah, but it was your, your big point here is nothing. <laughs> There's no chance of them coming back at that point in the game. Well, and, and another thing with me is fourth quarter, you're up by 30. What's Shieldhouse still doing there? I, I, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking. Like said, he needs the work, Brian. I, I say within reason. I think there's got to be a point where you just say, okay, you know what? We're up big. You know, I'm going to put some guy. You know, I'm not going to go with the backup because the backup's also a wide receiver who used to be Juice's backup, right? Mm-hmm. Eddie McGee. Okay, Eddie McGee. McGee. I, w- I would go to that third stringer who might be another guy who, after McGee is gone, might need some work and just he say, hasn't hey, played get in there. yet this year. Exactly. He's a left-hander from not Rolling Meadows or Arlington Heights. He's it's, a northwestern suburb. I'm, I'll think of his name. Yeah, but and they don't want to play him because they, they want to redshirt him. Okay, so that's the deal. So that, that was that's the only there. He is there as an emergency, and okay. they're hoping that he, they can go the whole year without using him. Is, is the plan? Okay, so. I see. I see the point there because I, I'm a big believer in getting your backup as much work as possible, especially in college, because three things can happen. One, you, know, you never know when a quarterback decides to leave early, especially if a guy is good. Now he's a redshirt freshman. He's going to be there at least three more years, I think. He, he doesn't have the body to go pro early. You know, but two, you got your injury to your, your quarterback, and I don't think McGee is a solid enough backup that, you know, you, you put him in there for the rest of the season. You know, and three, you don't want this guy coming in like two years from now getting his first touch, and he's just nervous because he's never got it out of his system. And you don't realize that he's bad. Right. Yeah, there's always that yeah, possibility. That's, that, that's one thing people don't realize. You know, some players look great in practice, and you're counting on this guy to be that same player in practice next year, and all of a sudden you put him out there and you're like, whoa, whoa, this guy is not good. You know, so I'm not saying that's what the case is about uh, Illinois Sturgstringer. I, I don't think so. He was one of the top players in uh, – in, in Illinois, I'll think of his name. I'll, I'll talk before the show is done. Hopefully, he'll come to me. But they're playing the University of Michigan Wolverines this weekend. Illinois pounded Michigan last year. You notice and, I haven't uh, talked about Michigan at all, right? Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to. Rich Rodriguez will be fired at the end of the season because, to be to be honest with you, I don't care what anybody says. Oh, like their their offense is rolling and all that stuff. They're still bad, and they've got talent on that team. They really do have talent on that team. I do not know 
why Michigan doesn't have three or four more wins than they do this year. They should only have one or two losses. No, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you why they don't have the wins. Is that there's a lot of talent on the offensive side. That defense is is pure hot garbage. You talk about not being able to tackle. That's all I see from that defense. They have a couple of linebackers that are solid. They've got one lineman who can actually work it. Everybody else is just hot garbage. The defensive backs and safeties, they they wouldn't know how to cover a guy if you know if he was glued to him. When Penn State is throwing the ball over the field on you, oh my God, definitely. I've seen this. Have bad defensive backs. I've seen this in and out. When your best defensive back is Kovacs, a kid who was a walk on three years ago, four years ago. You know, he's he's slow. The one thing he has that the rest of those defensive backs don't have is he tackles and he puts his head in there. It, it's just pathetic. The, the defense is completely awful. They put no pressure on quarterbacks, which gives them all days to pick them apart. You know, the linebackers are all over the place because they have to be, so nobody can really run a system over there. That that defense is pathetic. And the one thing that Rich Rod has done is recruit great offense. You know, I like, mm-hmm. you know, look at their quarterback, Shoelace uh, Robinson. I, the kid's good. I, I think he just can't last a whole game because of how small he is and how much they have to run him. Uh, I, I remember seeing him last year, and I was like, the guy would be the best punt returner in all the college football. Oh, yeah. They, they, and basically, when he runs, it looks like it's a punt return in a way when the play is snapped. It, it, it reminds me of what a punt return looks like. So. If, he, if we ever winds up going pro, it's going to become as one of those like kind of slash guys. The guy comes out of the backfield as your third down, you know, quick back. A guy who runs wide receiver, a guy who kicks back punts. Yeah, you know, cribs. That's cribs. who he's going to be. He basically is cribs. He just he might be and a little cribs bit was, faster. Yeah, cribs was uh, yeah, cribs a little bit bigger, more of the NFL body. But yeah, cribs was a quarterback in college right. at Bowling Green. Exactly, so it, it makes sense. But he needs to put on some weight because he's so small that he gets hurt on a regular basis, and they have to run him as much. Because honestly, the running backs aren't as good as Michigan used to put out. I mean, you know, I, I still think about some of the guys that have been out of Michigan, and I keep looking at these guys like, was the last one they put this in the pros? Hart who's in Indianapolis now as a backup, I mean, it's gotten to the point of pathetic. You know, here's a program that used to be, we, we man it up, we were on a pro-style offense, we're going uh-huh. to jam it down your throat, we've got great offensive linemen, and on the defensive side, we'll put out guys there who'll take your head off. And now, that, that defense, not even close to that. That defense gives up an average of, I want to say, 28 to 30 points a game. Yeah, they're they're in the thirty point range. Right, they're, and they're I, definitely yeah. And I had told people before the season we got into the Big Ten season. I got a buddy of mine, well, he's an ex uh, boss of mine, who's a Michigan fan. Went there, calls me up when they went five and zero, and goes, Brian, th- you know this is the year we've turned it around. And I looked at him. I go, Do you remember last year? And he goes, No. I go, Well, he goes, Yeah, we, we were horrible. I go, Yeah, but what would, what did we do? We won all of our pre games, all the games that weren't in conference, and then we beat Indiana. He's like, well, yeah. I go, what have we done so far this year? We won all of our games before the season, and we beat Indiana. He goes, yeah, yeah, but we're better. I'm like, no. We might be better offensively. The defense is still awful. And I was hoping we'd take three, four, you know, maybe three games in the Big Ten, just enough to get us to a bulk eligibility standpoint. Now now I'm at the point of the season where, really, I want Illinois to run it up on them. Go, go ahead. If you can do it, put up 38 on them, and you know Michigan will probably score like 14, 21, something like that. Till they'll, they'll score, they'll score more than that. You know, Michigan is favored by three points in this game. No, that's because it's at home. And really, you look at the records, you're like, oh, okay. Well, they're both tied in record wise. But uh-huh. if you watch the games individually, who did Illinois lose to? Michigan State, damn good football team. Um, Missouri, Missouri, damn good football team. 
And who's the third Ohio one? State. Ohio State. Damn good football team. Mm-hmm. Who did Michigan lose to? Well, yeah, they <laughs> lost to Penn State, who Illinois went into Happy Valley and destroyed them. Right. So, so uh, who else did they lost to? Uh, it, was, it was Purdue, too, wasn't it? Michigan lost to Purdue. No, they haven't lost to Purdue. I want to say they did, but I have to look it up. Hold on. They lost to Michigan State. Michigan it, State, it, that it, was it. But, again, a good team. But, I mean, I, even when they beat those teams that were, you know, uh, you know, what was it? When you beat those teams that I'm trying to actually type and talk at the same time. But when they beat those teams that were the pregames, those, those little, you know, you're going to play these non-conference garbage games, to me they never looked as great as they thought they did. I mean, to well, me, offensively they looked great, but that was it. All I know is this. As an Illinois fan, I do realize this. Michigan football has a so much better tradition than Illinois that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try to compare the teams. But I know this is Illinois is a little bit better now. They have to take advantage of every year that they're better than Michigan with wins. It's because it doesn't happen very often, and it's going to change soon. All right. I don't know how long it's going to last where Illinois is better than Michigan. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan goes, you know, is better next year than Illinois and continues it for like 15 years. So anytime you have a year like that, you better take advantage of it. All right. And, so and by the way, there's breaking news, Brian. What is it? It. It's uh, the Cam Newton story, okay? Now, I've been asking people all year long, how the heck could Cam Newton go from a junior college to Auburn and and, and, and actually, you know, play? Because you're not supposed to do that unless he pays for his own school, okay? Well, word is, oh, that that's what's going on, that he's paying to go to Auburn. Well, guess what? It's coming out now that he was given money in order to go to Auburn this particular year. So uh, the number one guy that is in the Heisman Trophy lead right now, uh, leading nine and zero Auburn, and they're number two in the in the most recent uh, bowl championship series uh, rankings. Well, it turns out that he might have been getting money from somebody. So two hundred thousand dollars supposedly. Jeez. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> but I thought that you know if you came in and redshirted a year, you can change schools. It all depends. It all depends on, on, on what, yeah, if you redshirt your, the thing is, is he played last year at a junior college. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Well, you know, lovely Auburn might not make it to a bowl game now because of something that proves ineligibility, and then they lose their, I think they take off all the wins, right, off the board? Oh, yeah, they would. They would. Now, now let's say this right now. This is an ESPN uh, investigation, and these are just yeah. allegations at this point. But it does explain how Cam Newton is paying for his school this year, which in the so okay yeah, they're they're going to the NCAA is going to banks and asking you know getting bank statements and stuff. They are not going to let this stuff rest. You know it, it isn't like you know they gave him like a headset or something like that. It's two hundred thousand dollars. It's not like Des, Des Bryant lost the whole season because Deion Sanders bought him a dinner. Okay. Well, well, let's be brutally honest. We all know that stuff's going under the table at college ranks, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's you, you know what I, I ain't gonna get upset about some college kid taking you know a meal here or going to a party and having somebody pay for his drinks or something like that. You know what? It's, that's that's I really could care less. And I know that you can get to lose your eligibility for doing something as simple as that. But two hundred grand. Yeah. You look, can't tell me you didn't know that was wrong. I see okay? it on ESPN right now. It's coming across the ticker. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so just to wrap up Michigan real fast, I, I went got their schedule up. They beat Connecticut thirty to twenty. They beat Notre Dame by four. 
They beat Massachusetts by only five. Then they beat Bowling Green. They, they beat the living hell out of them by 44. Uh-huh. Then they beat Indiana by seven. Then they lost to Michigan State, Iowa, and Penn State. Okay. And you're right. Each game, they'll put up numbers. I mean, Michigan State held them in only 17, which is their worst output all year long. But, I mean, you're, they're, they're averaging somewhere in between that 28 and 40 some number as far as offense goes. But their defense, I mean, if you look at it, you know, giving up 24 to Notre Dame, giving up 37 to Massachusetts, giving up 30, uh, 35 to Indiana, gave up 34 to Michigan State, gave up 38 to Iowa, gave up 41 to Penn State. Here's where the point is. When you start losing like this in a row, now your defense starts remembering last year, and these poor kids are sitting there thinking in their head, oh, man, we're going to lose them all again. We're gonna and lose and them you all. don't even have the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten anymore. No. You know what I mean? So it's, that's really those kids really got to be like, hey, our best player isn't even on the team. You know, so, yeah, that's not good. Uh, and then you look at the rest of the season, you got Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, Ohio State. So they're finishing off Wisconsin and Ohio State, which could definitely be losses. Illinois, Purdue, I think Illinois is going to beat them. Purdue might be their one win. <laughs> they'll, they'll be Purdue. The, right. Purdue is it. Okay, I can't boring. believe this, but we kind of ran the table this whole day, and the show's almost over. <laughs> okay, so I'll, do, I'll throw my picks out there real quick. Uh, everybody knows I already took a – I'm taking the Houston Texans plus three at home against the Chargers. Nice. I'm going to take the LSU Fighting Tigers plus six at home against Alabama, and I'm also going to take uh, – oh, I forgot. What, what the heck, I'll take Illinois plus three against Michigan. <laughs> uh, I would go the other way on you, but I'm not confident at all in that. So I'm going to let that one sit. I'm looking at this going, okay, who am I picking this week? And I decided to go pro on this whole thing. I'm going to start off with San Diego. This is about the time that San Diego pulls it, pulls it around every year. You know, they kind of wishy-washy all year long. They have the number one offense. They have the number one defense. But they've only won two games all year long. So I'm saying this is the week that they do it. They're at Houston. Houston took a little bit of a beating from Indianapolis, but I still think San Diego is a better defensive squad. I'm taking San Diego. Okay. The second game, Tampa Bay's given up eight and a half to Atlanta. Uh-huh. I've seen Tampa Bay play a bunch this year. And, and I gotta be honest, man. I, I have liked Tampa Bay all year long. I'm gonna take Tampa Bay. Okay. And then finish it all off. Yeah. Detroit at the Jets. The Jets are only giving up four. I realize it's at Detroit. Detroit's gotten better. I don't think they've gotten that much better. So I'm taking the Jets. Okay. So my three picks are San Diego, Tampa Bay, and Jets. Well, you went against a lot of stuff that Coach and I like, just to let you know. Good. Somebody here has to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave, what do you got? Uh, I'm with Brian on the Tampa Bay. I think that's a lot of points, even though Atlanta's at home. I think that game is going to be a lot closer than that eight and a half, so I'm going with Tampa Bay there as well. Uh, Miami is a five and a half point dog at Baltimore. They are a heck of a road team. Uh, I think Baltimore is going to win that, but I'm looking for Miami to cover that five and a half. Um, and then uh, Kansas City is a two and a half point dog at Oakland. I like Kansas City. I gotta be honest. Kansas City's played good football all year long. The Raiders have played good football for two weeks in a row. But isn't it good to say, as a football fan, fellas, that the Chiefs and the Raiders are playing a big football game? Well, you know, you know that I'm a big Raiders fan from way back. Uh-huh. That this, I mean, this season has made me smile again, and it took a long time to do so. 
Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, it's been at least a decade since both these teams have been good, isn't it? Yeah, well, at, at least that long, David. At least because uh, like in o two o one when uh, when the Raiders were good, the Chiefs were kind of average. Yeah, you know. So I would I wouldn't say awful. But yeah, it was right before uh, Vermeil went in there and changed the whole. Uh, you know, and they started winning again. So well, to me, this makes me feel better when you see both teams on the rise. I mean, so some of the Kansas City's got some young talent that's just amazing. Brandon Flowers and Glenn Dorsey is playing. Derek Johnson and and Jamal Charles, they have a lot of talent. And I've always liked Dwayne Bowe, who's only a couple of years into his career anyway. I think he's like four or five. So, I mean, he's not like an Nobody old wide receiver. you're dropping a pass. Yeah, well, you know, he's big. <laughs> he's huge. And I think sometimes with Dwayne Bowe, it's a typical wide receiver thing where it's like, if I don't get the ball for a while, I stop paying attention. Then all of a sudden a play goes to him and he looks like it's a surprise. So Yeah, and if you're with that offense, they run it more than any team in the NFL, the Chiefs. Well, they that, really do. With so, the talent yeah, that they have, asleep. from Jamar, you talking about Charles? And then you talk yeah. about you know, Jones as well. You know, uh-huh. you got a couple, some wide res- or some running backs back there are phenomenal. Then you got some guys that you bring in on specialty packages too that just run like the wind. So yeah, really, why not? Cluster. Yeah, McCluster's just. I would just dump off every pass to him and watch him run. That, that kid was awesome at Ole Miss, and he continues it in the pros. I mean, that guy is as fast as lightning. Exactly. So, I mean, either way, great talent. That, that's going to be a fun game. It's been one of those years where I'm happy to watch Oakland. AFC-wise, Oakland, San Diego, just because every game seems to be a game, and then you kind of want to watch and see how they're going to lose it at the end. So that always amuses me. And, and you know, Dave talked, touched on it earlier. Miami, not only a road team, Miami in general. That's a team that you watch and you kind of wonder how they're doing it because a lot of these guys you don't even think of as far as being great players. And, and they're just, you know, they're doing it. I think Chad Henney is turning into a quarterback. I know Miami fans still don't believe it. If you ever read their papers down there, they all want him out because he's not Dan Marino. But, you know, that's a team that I think is fun to watch. Oh, they are. They are. They absolutely are. And, uh, it, you know, Chad Henney is a good NFL quarterback. And I think he's he's top twelve quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, I yeah, mean that might be a bold statement, but he, I think he's a pretty good player. Parcells, the big tuna, he once said out loud what his theory is on drafting quarterbacks, and I thought it was genius. They had to play an X amount of number of games. They have to be in a big program. They have to play for a full four years, and they had to go to so many bowl games. That's what he was looking for in his starting quarterback, and he says he used that same theory his whole career, and it's always done him well. Okay, well, well, I guess he wasn't the guy who took Phil Sims from Moorhead State. Oh, he definitely wasn't. <laughs> okay. But that's how he drafts as a, as a president. Anyway, we've got to wrap it up. It's been fun, Joe, man. It's been great talking. I think you and I might be doing this again next week, Friday. Oh, okay. Okay, next week, Friday, uh, I will try to be on time, and hopefully you will, too. Yeah, well, dreams are free. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good weekend, buddy. Best of luck to everybody. This was Two Guys and a Mic. This is on TalkZone.com. See ya!